Welcome to the Ausländer. So, welcome to a new episode of uh, The Ausländer. Um, today, I'm really happy to have here Nanda with me. Um, she is originally from Brazil, but actually you already raised up in, in, uh, in Germany. So today we have a little bit of a different story, let's say like this. It's not uh, this amount of uh, people who travel so much and, and goes from one country to the other. Actually, Nanda lived in two countries, but um, you are from origins Brazilian, from family, a lot, I think a lot of your family still is in Brazil, as far as I remember, yeah. um, but you raised up in Germany, and I think the conversation today might go more in the direction of uh, growing up as a kid in another country and um, still having an origins that are different from the country that you, you are living still and that you raise up in. Uh, welcome, Nanda. It's a pleasure to have you here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, yeah, as, as I was saying, you actually were born in Brazil. Yeah, I was born in Brazil, yeah. And then moved to Germany at what age? Um, at seven, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you still mm -hmm. lived. I mean, you yeah. remember Brazil. It's not that you moved when you were. Brazil, when yeah. You, okay. yeah. Which part of Brazil are you coming from? Uh, Salvador. Mm. But I also have family like um, in the middle of the country, the countryside more. So mm. my family is uh, widely spread. But I was born and raised in Salvador for the first seven years. And how it comes like afterwards you, you ended in Germany, your parents moved. I mean, at the end, you don't do yeah. this movement alone. So that's for sure. But. Yeah, my parents moved here because my dad is half Brazilian, half German. So uh -huh. he they he was living in Brazil when, when he met my mom. And uh, so he stayed. But then they talked about the future and the future of the family and decided to come to Germany. I think. I was talking to, to my husband today about this. I think that we moved a little bit earlier too. I think the first time was when I was five and then we mm. returned. And then, I don't know, this is something I have to talk to my parents about actually because I don't remember, but um, the final move was when I was seven. That's interesting. So it's, it is funny because at the end, I mean, I had other guests who move at really early stage of their life, which is, it's not the most common thing, but it still happens quite a lot. So, and it's funny because the majority of them remember the fact of arriving to a new country or to start school or really specific things, but the generic movement itself uh, in the period between Until eight, nine, ten years old, I would say it's not until where you do, you really realize you're living somewhere. No, you live with your yeah. parents, and and the fact that you don't have probably much more circle around uh, yourself than your family. Um, I suppose it makes that uh, happen. Um, back and forward, like you already started in school in Brazil at the age of I seven. Started 
I started preschool um, because in, in Brazil it's a little bit different. You have you don't have kindergarten like in Germany. You have preschool, so you start preschool I think at four. So I started pre preschool, and you already get to um, use simple math and learn how to read and write. Oh, so okay. cool. I already knew this stuff when I came to Germany. And when yes. I, I came to, to Germany, my parents were like, okay, um, she's like seven. That's the age for our first class in Germany. Uh, what are we going to do? Because she doesn't speak German. Mm. So they actually just took me to the school and talked to the principal. And he was like, yeah, uh, can she read? Can she write? And can she do simple math? He gave me some some simple tasks to do and I could do all of this. So they decided to just put me in school without any language knowledge whatsoever. So okay. I went to school without speaking German. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you remember that being hard in the sense of like, I mean, I suppose classes itself for sure. If you don't speak a, a language, it's like, yeah. okay, what, the, what are they talking about? <laughs> Yeah, so I remember it being hard um, in the fact that I think first I didn't speak I didn't speak the language, and the second I think um, it was a time where there weren't much POC in Germany in general. So I was the first POC student in class, mm -hmm. but also like I wouldn't say at school, but like maybe in the whole first class level okay so that was pretty like a bit of a little bit strange because people other pupils came to like look at me mm -hmm. yeah so this was a little bit hard because i didn't i didn't speak the language just so many people coming to see the brazilian student yeah Exactly. Um, that was like strange, yeah. And in fact, also that you don't understand them. So it's yeah. not on. It's not only that you don't. You cannot communicate with them, but that everyone yeah. is looking at you because yeah. you are different from the standards yeah. of a seven-year-old kid um, from the rest of the class. And in fact, you don't have any idea of what they are saying about you at that point yeah, of time. Yeah. yeah. Which actually leads to 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 the second question in there because i i imagine that the fact i mean come on it's a seven years old kid if you don't understand a class you still sit there and it's mandatory to be there so you sit there and that's it but making friends for example was it complex for you to make friends at the very beginning with because of the language barrier or because of, in general like uh... I, I would say yes i think the good thing was that we moved to um my grandparents city mm. so they were already um based there so they had their lives they had friends um and they could like connect us so then they called someone up like yeah you have like a granddaughter who's six or seven don't you want to bring her to have like play date and this made things really easier because yeah, I think for, for, for myself to just go to school, not understanding, not talking the language, that was really difficult. But I think 
um, it was a good thing that my grandparents were already there so they could connect mm. the and fact they of could having have, someone it's, it's of having really, someone really of having friends and mm. um i was a really i was really good friends with a, a girl um a daughter actually of a good friends of my grandparents and i we just could communicate like kids do yeah. in playing and running around and stuff but that was because my parent uh, my grandparents made the first step to invite so the first barrier to a friendship uh now the the door is going Baurin? um they made it easier for me okay yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense i i think it's it's something that it really I really find through the guests of the podcast itself, it's the difference between people who move to a country knowing someone in there or having at least a point of support in there, which I suppose it's also for your parents was easier to have your grandpas there at, the, at that yeah. point of time. And the totally opposite of going to a country with, as we say in Spanish, with one hand in front and the other behind. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. nothing to do. You know, like, too, actually. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think i think laurin appeared a couple of times already um we actually know each other i just normally try to introduce a little bit how how we met so we actually know each other through laurin let's say a little bit yeah. um um friends of friends uh playing in the same uh band uh, using the instruments that you have in your background yeah. uh and we actually met in the last festival that they were, or one of the last festivals that they were, um, or I was in Germany uh, <laughs> with them. Um, and actually you told me, it was a really great surprise for me to, that you told me that you were listening to the podcast. So yeah. it, was, it was really nice to hear that people is listening to this uh, <laughs> outside me forcing my family. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, it's, it's, I'm really happy to have people here also as guests who already know the dynamics a little bit of the podcast because then it's much easier mm -hmm. to enter into the communication without really forcing yeah. anything, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's nice. Um, so yeah, coming back just to, to a little bit your childhood in there, um, how much time did it take to you to, to learn German? I, I don't, I don't think I can like put a finger on it, mm. but I think that I always had problems with German in school. So, for example, you have to in in German you have to write, um, you have like tests to see if your grammatic is nice or you can you have mm. spelling errors and stuff. And so this was really hard for me. Yeah, of course. Um, it was really hard, like until secondary school. So I think that it was more of a process. Mm. And um, actually, one thing that I did was um, I didn't like people making fun of my R, how mm. I speak the R. Yeah. So I trained myself as a child to not speak the R, like Brazilians do. Muted out. Yeah, to mute it out because yeah. that was something so that made me so mad because you have you're trying to have a conversation and people are like, Yeah, your R is really funny, ha, huh? and then you're like, Man, I'm really just 
trying my best here. So this is something that I uh, did unintentionally, actually. But I just noticed, like after a few years, that I don't that I I can speak the R when when I speak Portuguese, so it's there, but I can mm. mute it out. Yeah, it's it's funny. Right now, this is happening to me with the TS of Greek, which they pronounce like really soft, and I'm realizing right now through talking with people and whatever that my but we will pronounce a Z in Spanish. I'm softening it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not a kid anymore. I'm just doing it unconsciously, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Because of, of learning a new language is the variation. The mind makes connections with your yeah, own yeah. language and then it starts changing it, which is, it is interesting at least to see that. Yeah. The other point that I, that I always realized with kids and languages, and you said that at the end, it's the two the two sides of the blade no let's say like this it's really easy to communicate in the sense of like hey playing everyone understands each other even if you do mimics um, kids understand each other and they can play even if they don't speak the same languages you can you can see that like you can bring a kid to any country in the world and if there is other kids they will play together it doesn't matter if they speak the same language or not but at the same time these are the kids who mock other kids for not being speaking properly you know like so easy easy to be there not easy to be there at the same time it's just yeah curious um but at the end did did you feel that, the, that learning german it it was easier because you were a kid that that was my also my intention with the question because i tried to learn german <laughs> i was four years in germany my german yeah. it's it's a potato <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, I think so. I think I think first because I was a kid, and and second because my parents didn't leave me any choice. They didn't. They just like threw me threw me into school and were like, uh, swim or drown. Where, where did you Where did you move in Germany? To Bielefeld. So it was a small town. It was not. Yeah, it was not big... a not a big town. So mm. yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we moved to Bielefeld and they were like, okay, you have to, there's no way around it. And but this is still happens, to... no? I think this is still forcing you. When yeah. when I moved to Frankfurt, mm-hmm. in Frankfurt, you could live without speaking German. <laughs> and if you move to in a small town, you're more or less more forced to that. So I, su- I suppose your parents knew it. And at the end, you also understand that yeah, it yeah. was what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So I think this this made it easier. And I think also that being in school made it easier. And so to to go to school, because um, you had like, um, what's the the word? The lecture, Mm -hmm. you were like studying German. So this helped to to write and to know how to speak the, the things. And I think that my parents also gave me like a tutor. Mm. I have like bare memories of that. So to help me at the beginning to speak basic German while I was at school. Um, so this helped too. Yeah. And I think like kids just, they just learn it like this. It's, yeah. I think it's, it's really easier for them. Mm. 
you you were talking also about the fact of being the only immigrant or the Brazilian of school in that sense. Like, um, I suppose it's also related in that point of time, there was not the amount of immigration and the people were not used to move as much as we see right now. Right yeah. now, it's even difficult to not have anyone <laughs> in your class or in your school who is not from another country. That's barely impossible, I would say. Um, did it really mark your 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 first years in Germany or or actually like education in general was was that a problem through the time or I don't think it's it was like a problem you you mean if there's if if it got to a point where it slowed me down in education or what what was what no no not as, not slowing me down because at the end it doesn't really matter where you're from yeah. for, for your grades or for your capabilities yeah. of studying it was more like in the sense of um if that stopped you or not not you but the other persons were more yeah. relentless on making being friends with you because you were from another oh. country in that sense or um that i don't think When I think about it now, I don't think they were like scared or mm. to be friends. There's like a, a like there's racism, mm. but I ha I had like some in early years. I had like some problems with racism. I I remember that. Um, school actually i think that well, there should be like second grade or stuff um you have to get a partner to walk to the sports class mm. so you have to take a hand and walk together and there was a girl and she was like no i don't like i don't want to talk i don't want to take your hand because you're you're you look like poo but that's yeah. like that's racism so yeah, yeah it is it is yeah so that I had like like problems with that, but not um, yeah, not so that not, I would say okay, not enough to mark you in the sense yeah, of like, like it, yeah, I, it did me it did mark me, but um, at another level. Not that I didn't um, that I felt okay. I'm here. I, it's hard to make friends. I think the start was more the problem with the language. Yeah. But the racism point was more like every time it happened, I was like a bit shocked. So it was not like bland racism so that I didn't, I couldn't make friends, you know? Mm. No, it, it is just curious for me because I talk this with, with other friends of mine sometimes. And, and actually the word that you use, it's exactly the same that they use the, the word shock. Not not angry, not um, not um, I don't know, disappointed, not uh, other things. It it was that, and and I talk with this with other people, and it's just like the fact that kids are most of the times not understanding that that's racism, that it's just okay. Why this kid is doing this to me? Yeah. It's not comprehensible for a for a mind of a kid, and and. Unfortunately, 
Uh, we still live in a society where racism exists and it still exists. It was existing years ago and it still exists. But probably when you arrive to Germany and due to the fact that there was not a lot of immigrants and not a lot of uh, POC people, as you said at the end, um, there was also integrated micro-racisms and institutional racisms that were coming from from the school probably from the system yeah. itself yeah and from, from the system itself i had i had like a, a really big problem in fourth class because when i was in school in elementary school they had to decide which secondary school you go to so sure they they, yeah. they wrote you a, a parent's letter who were like yeah you have to go to gymnasium or realschule and they wrote in my letter i had like you 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 did have to have you did have to have like a three in German and a two in math or otherwise so to go to gymnasium mm. and I was like exactly on the the point from one school or another and the teacher called my parents in and she was like yeah um, I'm going to send her to Realschule because. Um, immigrant children shouldn't go to gymnasium. The fuck? Yeah, that was her reasoning for that. Yeah, great, incredible. Yeah, <laughs> so this I had, I had like this um, experience, and like I think everyone was shocked. I think my parents were shocked, but there wasn't much that they could do, and they tried to fight it, but they were like advised, yeah, but if she has good grades she can like climb the school ladder. So go from one school to another. And this is what happened at the end. But um, it could have been easier mm. if there were, the teacher wasn't like racist. <laughs> like racist, not completely racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of things that I was thinking that would happen. Like, uh, yeah. it's it's not only the institutions, but single persons who have a decision. Because at the end, the problem of that is that you are a kid and you don't have, you don't make the decisions of that age. And yeah. there is people in that environment and that system who will take decisions for you, who yeah. are racist, who are actually racist. Yeah, yeah. And and that's sad. It's really really sad. Um question like maybe to close a little bit like growing up and child as uh, mm -hmm. you have a lot more years afterwards uh, in 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 germany of uh, of university and climbing up the the school ladder as you said yeah <laughs> <laughs> um your parents so you said that your dad it's half uh, half brazilian mm -hmm. half uh, half german did your parents raise you up in a in a more as we would say Brazilian style, like a traditional Brazilian way of raising up. But I suppose you still speak Brazilian Portuguese at home. Yeah. And, uh... um, so I speak Portuguese um, with my mom, actually. Mm. Um, I don't speak it with my dad most of the times. But Laurin told me once that Portuguese is like my... Um, emotional language what i think is really interesting because he said that he didn't observe me switching from person to person 
But switching to Portuguese, if it's a really emotional topic. I know. I still yeah. insult in Catalonia. Yeah. <laughs> so this is it. So and I grew up with speaking to my mom in Portuguese, speaking to my dad in in German. Mm. Um. But I don't think like. I mean, I don't, there is really big differences. I yeah. was more thinking like culturally wise, maybe like food, yeah, this is what food I would, like, or music or this kind of stuff, you know, like. Yeah, I think food f for sure. Food always play a big role. I think also because my parents were uh, friends with many Brazilians. Mm. Um, there's This is, for example, something I lack. And I think it's really sad because i would like to have the commu community like they have uh, um so culture wise yes they always tried and we went to brazil every th second year oh cool yeah to try to keep the roots and my um my aunt the the sister of my um great grandma she came um when we didn't go so one year we went ah, the other so there way was always came. someone bringing so someone. there was always one someone at home to speak to portuguese mm. too and she always brought the culture so food and music and um for me um knitting everything you can do with your hands she she taught me mm. and this is also like a big cultural part because um uh, it always reminds me of home hmm. yeah so if i do this then i always think think of brazil um yeah so this part yeah i think that my par my parents um try to divide it a bit like hmm. my dad being the german part and my mom being the brazilian part hmm. yeah i mean it still makes sense no i think if your dad can reinforce the language of that you are trying to learn while your mom can keep the language that if you don't speak with anyone, probably you will lose. Uh, I think it's a good balance at the end that you have some something like this. Yeah. And that your parents still cook a traditional Brazilian food. It still makes a lot of sense if you compare it to German food. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, but <laughs> generically... <laughs> I could survive my life with pau de queijo and not with German food. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, um, yeah. Do, do, did though this mark your rest of your life? Like you still feel Brazilian because you spent most of your life in Germany yeah. at the end. Like it's it's that uh, your your feeling. That's a really interesting question because. I feel um, sometimes I feel German, sometimes I feel Brazilian, sometimes I feel neither of of that. So mm. it's a really hard question to answer because here, here I will always be Brazilian. It doesn't matter if someone I talk to in the street, if there's my friends. I always, I will always be Brazilian. Mm. If I'm in, in Brazil, I'm 100% German. And that's really hard for me because um, 
for me, it's good to feel half-half, but I see both parts in me, but the other person don't. They don't. They just they just say, okay, no, you're German. You're really German. Like I was talking, I don't know, I think to a cousin, and they called me, and I was like, and I was like, yeah, um, yeah. Did you like? Why did you? Why did you call me? Did Did you want to talk, or do you have like something special? We can just talk by just asking. And she said, "This is a really German thing to ask. <laughs> Someone's calling you. What? What? What do you? What do you want?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is actually it is, but but it's also normal. I also do it, and I've I haven't lived the amount of. I mean, right now I'm living in my third country and I I think I'm starting to grab things from Greece also in that sense. It's if you are open to the culture and the country where you are going to live, you end being more or less in a sponge of this kind of things and grabbing stuff from it. So it still ha it's it happens to me also when I go back mm -hmm. to Barcelona that they tell me, oh, this is really German uh, yeah. mindset uh, way of doing it. But at the same time, I grow up in a country and for me, the friends who are in Barcelona or the people who are in Barcelona, they, they know me as, as Catalan and then I moved to another place. And then mm -hmm. when I come back, I'm still Catalan. So the identity doesn't vary that much. But the people who you met in Brazil right now, for example, for them, you're German, probably. Yeah, and, 100%. And in Germany, you are not uh, enough German to be German. Yeah. And yeah. For just... example, uh, a really Brazilian thing that I do is telling people, giving people compliments or telling them that I love them, also to friends. Yeah. and. I noticed that my friends are often really awkward about us. <laughs> so they they have like really they did like a really awesome thing, and I go and say I'm really proud of you. That was awesome. Yeah. And I noticed that the German friends they're like, uh, yeah, thank you. But mm -hmm. it's like a bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I uh, have the most problem in Brazil is um, the Brazilian uh, time management. Because when I went with Lauri. Okay, so <laughs> we are back after a technical break. Uh, it was not the break that we wanted to do, but the internet connection just uh, decided to stop the meeting. Um, you were just saying that actually, so you said uh, what it was the most awkward situation that, uh, or the most awkward for German people that you have as being as Brazilian and you were just, you just, or before the internet decided to cut you, uh, you were just saying that in Brazil, actually, where it's more awkward, it's the Brazilian scheduling or planning of, of things. Yeah. So I was like, I was uh, like um, telling you like an example, we were in Brazil and I had friends and they were like, yeah, so we are coming from work and then we'll take a shower and then we can go out to eat and like eight the latest eight we're ready we're at your door at eight so we wait 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 and then 10 30 i get a message so now we're on our way <laughs> 10 30 at nine and we were so hungry <laughs> because we were like ah okay they're here at eight so we have to wait with food 
so we can get food together. And then they were like, okay, 10.30, I'm on my way. And actually, my, my grandparents were in Brazil at the time because my, my grandma is Brazilian. And that was another funny thing because she also, she's Brazilian, but she lived in Germany for so long that she found it also difficult to handle. Because first we're like, 10.30 is really late for you guys to go out. And I was like, no, like, I'm nearly 30 years old. I'm going out now. Bye, grandma. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I, I'm a really German person in that sense. I'm really organized in schedules. And I'm really the person who arrives on time to absolutely everything. And it used to happen to me when I go back to Barcelona, the Mediterranean style of doing things a little bit more or less unplanned and uh, arrive whenever you are. And now that I'm in Greece, it's even more extreme, this thing, like they do whatever they want, whenever they want, and they arrive whenever they want also. And this sorry, but not sorry that, uh, that comes <laughs> after like, ah, sorry, I'm late, but I'm not really sorry because I was doing other things, you know, like... Um, <laughs> still difficult for me to 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 deal with but um it's what it is not much you can change um so yeah besides all of this you said before that actually you climb up into the school's system of germany which for me it's really a nightmare uh, system to understand why people is deciding your future at a really so early age um but eventually you arrived to a point so you ended going to gymnasium as far as i understood or yeah. mm-hmm. and i went to gymnasium and, and uh got my abitur mm-hmm. um and started studying political science and public law nice in yeah in heidelberg in or Mannheim. Mm-hmm. nice and you're currently working uh, as a political scientist or? Yeah, I'm working actually at uh, the Social Democrats Party mm. as, a politi- uh, as a political scientist, but just uh, part-time because I decided it was a good idea to get my law degree. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> and talking so, about complex yeah. systems. Uh, yeah, I'm becoming doing, a lawyer I'm, in Germany. Where? <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, studying to get to for the German bar uh, that I'm taking in September. Mm, okay. So yeah, not bad. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's complex. I know. I know. I have friends uh, who did it, and it's a complex. I think it's just like really, really complex exams and difficult it's really process. Hard, yeah. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah, I have the typical questions, which are like typical, like oh, most hated and most uh, loved things of uh, the country. But at the end, it's both of the countries where you lived are actually your country because you lived enough to feel yourself as part of of it. You yeah. know, like um, so. I don't know if that's a typical question of uh, more like a person who lived for two years in a place. Um, although I, I have a question that I haven't asked in quite a lot, some episodes, I think, and it's it's would you? Uh, you're fully established in Germany, as as I know. Your your husband is there, and your life it's more or less around there. But 
did you ever at some point consider going back to Brazil even for some time in the sense of living there for some years or or we actually considered it um there's like um when you um get the like the German loss loss student system so university is like you have to do university and mm. then you have to do like two years of which is like apprenticeship like something like that mm. and there is like three months where you can go abroad yeah. so we thought about it we we spoke about it we thought about it um going back forever i can't imagine that because I'm really, really um, I, I'm just too comfortable with the Europe security. Yeah. And this is something in my hometown that you just don't have. Yeah. Like my friends were from the beginning, they were like, you can't walk any, anywhere. You have to take an Uber. You have to don't walk there. I, one time I was like, um, let's meet at the mall. The mall is like 400 meters from my apartment. And they were like, take an, take an Uber. Don't go by foot. Hmm. And this is like really sad because I absolutely adore Brazil. Yeah. It's really, it's such a nice country. It's an awesome culture. You have sun, you have music, you have good food, you have lovely people, you have beaches, but the security is a really big problem. Yeah, it's really sad. It's really a pity. And I suppose as soon as you had the privilege of being able to work everywhere, to move, whatever, going back to a place where that it's taken out from you, you, you suffer it. You really like yeah. uh, miss that. And, uh, and it's really a pity in, in a lot of countries actually that, that they have such good potential in a lot of sense in, yeah. in culture, in people, in places to visit, in uh, style of life, even like everything. And then your lack of a, of a security or feeling safe, uh, being yourself in that country or doing things as you wanted to do them and and that takes you backwards yeah yeah i mean not uh, we cannot change the world from one day to the other no but uh, hopefully we will see it but i really would like to live somewhere else so this i have mm. the really the urge to live somewhere else uh, we are also talking about that. I'm really a fan of London. My husband, not so much. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem to find like a city where both think, okay, that that's that's a city I really want to live in. And I'm a, like, re I really enjoy the big cities. Mm. Um, I love Amsterdam. I love London. I adore New York. And my husband is. Uh, nature kind of guy <laughs> yeah and that's difficult to find a balance i know yeah that's difficult because we were looking we we're going to spain for um for vacation and he chose like a place to go and i was like i was like um, talking to him before and i was like we can't go in the middle of nowhere we have to go somewhere where 
there are people we can talk to. <laughs> uh, just let me know if you need recommendations in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> that that country, I know <laughs> at least. Um, yeah, actually, it is one of the things. Uh, at the end, life does a lot of turnarounds, and and you never know where you end. But when you want to choose a place that you freedomly like in your you have the whole world and you need to choose a point that's more difficult than doing what i did until now for example no we are also talking with with my girlfriend about next steps after greece what will happen afterwards and yeah i mean we have more or less an idea of what we want but it's of course not definitive etc etc and at, at until now it has been really comfortable no i don't know i have a job in germany i go to germany my girlfriend yeah. finds a job in, in greece we move to greece and i'm just following whatever it comes and then adapting to what it does but finding the perfect uh, place and especially if your personalities or your um comfort areas are not exactly the same it's even more difficult mm -hmm. definitely yeah but i think that um it also depends on work think i have to finish university and then as you said maybe look at work possibilities and then maybe it's the same with us like it was with you guys yeah. getting somewhere to to work and then the other follows yeah. and the death for a while and then yeah like i i that would be like a huge wish that i have from for us and for myself to live somewhere else for a while at least i really recommend it in the end it's just experience you always are in time to go back wherever you come from so yeah. that's that's or at least that's the freedom right now that you have uh, traveling around and that's that's we should take advantage of this current situation we are living on where you can nearly go everywhere in the world and live there it's crazy it's yeah. just like of course you need to exclude certain places because obvious reasons but besides that come on you can live i mean of course you will need to adapt to the place where you're going but you can live everywhere it's 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 crazy um actually i was thinking just because when when you were a kid you were said you said you were going there regularly in the sense of like going every two years are, are you still going to brazil often like in um i made a like i made like uh i had a time period where i didn't go because COVID. <laughs> COVID first, yeah, mm -hmm. but before that, just because my my aunt died, and mm -hmm. uh, it was really hard for me to go back, because everything was, for me, Brazil was was her, and then she she wasn't there anymore, and I lost a little bit of my passion. So for me, she died, and then Brazil also died, and. I was like, uh, I'm not going back. But then I said, okay, it's time. And it took a really long time. I think the first time we went there was as a couple, was 2018. Okay. And we started dating in 2011. Okay. And she died in 2010. So it took me eight years to be able to go back. But we were 2018, we were 19 mm. also, and we decided to go to 2020 and then COVID hit. So this is why we didn't go. Mm. 
and then inflation hit and the, the prices for tickets um, to fly there are horrendous. Mm. Um, but we're looking at um, tickets to go in October. Nice. Yeah, Makes so sense. we are planning. I really want to go back. I miss my cousins. Um, I miss the food. Mm. <laughs> I really, really, really miss the sun. So <laughs> this is actually what I, I, you gave us so many nice tips for Crete. And this is what I absolutely adored in Crete. So it was so nice. I was so, I fell absolutely in love with Crete because of the sun, because of the food, because of the beaches, absolutely in love. When you live uh, for a long time in Germany and you go out and stay somewhere where it's sunny, you realize how much lack of sun that country has. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, although you were also saying something before that I wanted to, to ask you at, at mm -hmm. some point of time, because now you said that when you go back to Brazil, of course, you reconnect with your family there, your, with your culture, with your uh, absolutely everything, the food, everything that you have. And that's possible because you know people in there and you have the connection in there. Um, you said that your parents had like more like a group of Brazilians around and I suppose times also change and, and people stop thinking more in the sense of like, okay, I'm immigrant. I only do my life with other immigrants from my country, but more like a, a random style, let's say like this. Um, you said that you don't have this uh, circle of, of other Brazilian people um, and that you were missing that a little bit in mm -hmm. Germany. Um. The thing is that I have like some connections. I'm like, for example, there is a WhatsApp group for Brazilian women in mm -hmm. Raneca, so in the region where I live in. Um, but they're all, or most of them, in another life stage. Mm -hmm. So often they're either older or they have little kids mm -hmm. or they are pregnant. And this is like really hard to connect because. I'm in a completely different stage in my life. Yeah. yeah. So this is what I I didn't meet like Brazilians who are in the same stage. Mm. And this is something I miss because I think it would be really awesome. My cousin was here um, in Berlin mm. um, in 2019 And for her, this came naturally. She okay. went to Berlin. She she had so many Brazilian friends. Yeah. The, the hard thing for her was to get to know Germans. Yes. Well, that's Berlin she... in general. It's difficult to meet <laughs> Germans in Berlin. <laughs> yeah, but she had so many Brazilian friends. Um, and this, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know why it's hard here because I think there's there are many Brazilians here, but... I didn't meet my Brazilians yet. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I, I always, I don't remember with who, which episode I talk about this, but the fact of having a couple of friends, even if it's just one or two people who are from the same area or the same 
country as you and you can speak with them in your native language and you can share some other stuff that it's just i don't know even if it's just political or news or uh things that when you talk to a german okay they probably don't know about it or they don't follow as close as uh, as other people um well now politics in brazil i think everyone follows them but uh for other reasons unfortunately uh, <laughs> Um, and it's really, it, it makes a difference. Uh, we know two Catalans here, for example, two guys who are Catalans and they are from, from Catalonia. And that makes, for me at least, it makes the, the, the thing of being able to speak from time to time Catalan. And that yeah. can make my day, you know, like it, it does make my day sometimes. Yeah, of course. And I, I also get this feeling, for example, when I go to vote, mm. I have to go to, to vote. Or in Brazilian, there is like, um, it's mandatory to vote. Mm. So I have I have to go and I went to, to vote in Frankfurt. And it's a whole event because all Brazilians mm. from Baden-Württemberg, And I think Rheinland-Pfalz and Hessen went to Frankfurt on this day to vote. It's a whole thing. And this nice. is the moment where I, I really miss my people mm. standing there, talking, joking around, yeah. talking about where you're from here and there. So at this moment, I really miss it. I actually do miss it. But it's not that easy to get to find them actually yeah, the connection yeah, of course yeah well i suppose it it needs time and at the end it's just like keep trying no yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i actually never i never met i'm thinking about i never met uh, another brazilian law student for example mm. or at uni in general yeah. not yet Well, it will come probably. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes I walk here in my in my street or in my, my mm. city here, and then I see a Brazilian flag, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Maybe I should yeah, start like shouting Brazilian. to them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, oh, I've missed the. I had a question, and it just fly away from my mind. Um, great. That's cool. Um, I was just thinking on, on the, you said that you don't have Brazilians or you didn't met any Brazilians studying in, in, in law right now or in university itself. Um, I suppose in work environment, you have exactly the same, um, yeah. no, no Brazilian people at the end. Um, do you have any way to keep connected to Brazil right now in the sense of like okay I from time to time I cook this dish because I yeah. I want to remember things you know we have like a tradition that we go when we are on vacation doesn't matter where we go to eat at the Brazilian restaurant mm. so we went to so many places all around the globe um we visited brazilian restaurants <laughs> and this is like a possibility for me to connect okay. um 
but I, yeah, but I, in those moments, I also have this feeling sometimes that I don't want to show that I'm Brazilian. So sometimes I really just want to go incognito and eat my food and be happy for myself. And sometimes I'm super open and super happy and talk really much with the people and uh, love love to connect and stuff. But it it depends a bit on my mood. I've but this is something. <laughs> this it. is something. This is something we like to do. Also, as a couple, loving too. He loves it too. So we we go there, eat, and then we we also connect. And uh, yeah, I also cook sometimes. I um, am organizing like a lunch for my friends to come and eat the t- traditional bean um, Brazilian lunch. There is mm. bean and rice. <laughs> <laughs> So this is what I do, but not that often, to be honest, Yeah, because it takes some time and life is stressy. But yeah, this is something I do to connect. But I think it would, I would connect even more with Brazilians. So for example, this food, I love to share my culture, but for them, they don't connect with something that they don't feel it the way I do. Mm. and on my mom's birthday for example we went to frankfurt to get Mm. to the brazilian restaurant that was really nice and on my bachelor party we went also that was really nice i really enjoyed it cool uh brazilian restaurant in frankfurt Uh, now i'm i'm intrigued Uh, i i don't know if i if i did i went to any Brazilian restaurant? There is one in North and Austin, I think, no? They have two, uh, actually. The Rodizio. And one is really new. And the, the other one is... Can I, just, I don't... I can't describe it, but... There's like a Mexican place. Yeah. Did you go with Frank? Because Probably. he recommended the Mexican. So in the street, from, from the Mexican guy. Is the Brazilian place? Yeah, it's a the Rodizio Grill thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we live really close by to that place, so I know. It. Yeah, that's a good place. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think now it also intrigued because, of course, for for you to bring, so if your friends comes to your place and you are able to bring Brazilian food to them and cook something from from Brazil. Do you ever brought anything from Germany to Brazil? Like in the sense of like, oh, I go to Brazil and I cook something from Germany to my cousins or something like this? I didn't like cook, but I brought beer. Mm, okay. That's uh, the super cliche. Oh, of course. <laughs> ah, you need to do though. Like, come on. <laughs> but they, they were really happy about, I, I brought beer. I brought chocolate, mm. German chocolate. They were really happy about that, but I didn't like cook. No, but I and mean, is, if you bring German beer, I think I'm also happy. No need to cook. <laughs> <laughs> so we had normally that's that's the thing because we go with two big, um, what's the name for coffee? 
um, luggage. Luggage, yeah. We get two big ones, and then one we put all of our clothes, and the second one is just for stuff to drink. Yeah, chocolates and clothes and beer and yeah, every souvenir you can think of. <laughs> Makes sense. That's cool. But it also comes back with all the souvenirs. So yeah, we when we're in Brazil, course. so we of get course. all the coffee, all the the food we can bring, put it in the luggage and bring it here. <laughs> nice. That's so cool. So you said that you bought it in Frankfurt. This means that you still conserve both nationalities in... in... Yeah. Actually, Brazil doesn't let you lose your nationality. Oh, really? At all? Yeah. No, okay. not at all. So Germany can't do anything about it. So I have both. Oh, that's interesting. No, because... Yeah. That will be critical. I have a friend, actually, and a work colleague and a person who I also interviewed, Parimal, who was actually at some point with the possibility of three nationalities, as far as I remember, or wasn't Parimal, I don't know who I discussed this. I did so many episodes that I mix stories, uh, I think. I have but... a friend, actually, who has three, um, and his children also have three. He's Canadian, he has the German one and like a third one that I can't remember. But they have three. Really? Because I as yeah. far as I remember, there was a problematic in the European uh law saying that you could only have two nationalities. I don't know only how they from a legal it, perspective, but, but yeah. I don't know. Them. They managed in some way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting, and it's really, uh, it's really, it's, it's really stressful because you have to, as a Brazilian with the Brazilian nationality, you have to enter Brazil as a Brazilian. You can't enter as a tourist, so your documents have to be on point. Your passport has has to be. Okay. I can't like say, oh, I forgot to get my passport. If your if your passport get expired for example yeah. you you, you couldn't enter. enter with a with a visa of tourist to with no. your german passport I yeah see. i could enter like with an id but i don't have the brazilian id because i never this is something i have to do the next time i go i didn't take it because i only travel with passport but i can't enter as a tourist account and i have so it's like this i leave germany as a german leave Germany as a German, enter Brazil as Brazilian, leave Brazil as Brazilian, enter Germany as a German. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, at least you have the possibility. That's good, you know, like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's something. Very nice. Um, yeah, I think um, we are, I don't, I didn't control the time that much, but I think it has been already like quite some time. Um you know that I have always like two last questions that I ask to all the guests in, in here. Um, the first one, maybe we reformulate it a little bit because it's about recommendations that you can give to a person who wants to immigrate to a, to another country itself. But in your case, maybe it's more like, of I don't know, any recommendation from your side that you can give to, to the audience in the sense of adapting to a country as a kid, as a non-kid, as an immigrant in general? I think from, from 
my perspective, but also from the perspective I had or the experience I had when I um, helped my cousin when she came here uh, in 2019 is to connect in both ways. I think this is the most important. It's super important to have your people so you don't feel homesick so much, but it's also super important to connect to some people that are already here for a while, that speak the language, that can help you out if you have any questions. Yeah. And I think just try to be yourself and bring the the parts with you that make you unique with your culture. Like my friends are a bit awkward if I tell you I love them, but I will continue to do that. So <laughs> they will get used to it at some point. <laughs> and the last question which is more a little bit personal to you whatever you want um do you have any personal projects or friends projects that you want to use the the platform (laughs) to promote uh yeah let's promote uh flausen yeah Yeah. so flausen is the band of frank and my husband and they do really cool music actually and um i have i'm like a photographer too Okay. Yeah. So um, if someone wants to check out my photos, you can find me through Flausen, actually, because I took some of their photos. Okay. So we will definitely put the profiles of uh, Flausen and your profile of uh, of uh, social media of photography. You can check them out. Uh, as always, the recommendations are coming at the uh, biography of the episode, but also in, uh, in Instagram mainly. Um, has been a pleasure and really, really nice Thank conversation. You. Thank you so much for asking me. It was really fun. <laughs> I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, thanks a lot for your time and hope we see probably in a concert of Flausen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.